0: what is happiness nobody knows what it is but they know if they've got it or not and there's been an awful lot of study on happiness I think the best explanation of it comes from the Dalai Lama who's a bit of a world expert on happiness he actually goes around the world teaching about happiness and the reason he does that you know Buddhism is a a philosophy that focuses on happiness and calmness, and so basically he's going around the world evangelising for Buddhism, fair enough, but he's doing it from the perspective of there's a fair amount of evidence that this thing, Buddhism, and these practices, meditation, can help you to be happy. And there's no doubt about that. Uh, the correlation's huge. Be- just because it's a correlation, so you know, you measure the, the happiness of the general population, and then you take a group of meditators and you measure their happiness, and you discover that the meditators are happier. And so therefore you think, OK, meditation makes you happy. But it's also possible that the happy people meditate, not just that meditators are happy. In order for us to know that, there needs to be... A mechanism that we understand—that's a play and there is one, and I'll explain what it is. Uh, so his definition of happiness, which I think is the best one, is gaining fulfillment from neutral experiences. I explain this. Hi- here's a a neutral experience: is looking at a tree, looking at the clouds. It's neutral. But for some of us, it's a fulfilling experience because, well, when I do it, I actually feel quite joyful. Um, Fulfillment is more about not needing anything else. So here I am, me and the tree, me and the clouds. You know, you, you, I don't, I don't need anything else. Don't want anything. I'm not, I'm not looking. There's no, I'm not missing out on anything because I'm sitting here looking at the tree or looking at the clouds or sitting at the bus stop looking at the the raindrops in the puddles I'm not uh, needing anything extra I don't need my mobile phone to flick through to take my mind away from whatever's going on in that experience so wh- what is it about neutral experiences in the modern world that stop people from being happy and we know what that is as there was, this was a study done by Dan Gilbert and Matt Killingworth that I've quoted many many times I think it was in the journal Science in 2010 and uh, Dan Gilbert is a celebrity social scientist and what they did is they distributed this app and it it would buzz people randomly during the day and ask them 10 minutes ago, what were you doing? Was your mind wandering? And how happy are you now? And we learned from that that folks' minds wander about half the time and most of the time when the minds aren't wandering they're doing something. So this is the modern world. We're either doing something an activity or our minds wandering and there's something that I've been focusing on a bit recently which I refer to as the direction of the mind it's not just about the thoughts themselves let's say for example like me your thoughts are words It's, it's language almost invariably every so often there are scenarios and every so often I might imagine an image of something but I think this is the case for most people it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter what your thoughts are so there's t- a few things about the thoughts you know, one is there's the thoughts, there's the narrative but the other thing is where, where's it going where's it leading me yeah. and for most folk the, the mind tends to lead them to literally unhappy places that's what worries are So we've got this situation in the modern world where the mind left to its own devices has a tendency to take our attention towards what it perceives to be threats. That's discomforting. It makes us uncomfortable because we're creating scenarios in in our mind about what may have happened, may happen or we might be going over in our mind what happened in the past if that was unsatisfactory and that's where our attention has been drawn to and what mindfulness meditation does is it helps us to break into that narrative the dimensions of thought are duration and intensity and as thought goes on it tends to become more intense so you know when you first start worrying about something it might not be so bad and then it it grows and th- so the worry with the duration of the thoughts becomes more intense and meditation works in a whole lot of ways to neutralize everything in that process because we training ourselves to become aware we become aware that the process is operating once we're aware that the process is operating then we can bring our attention to the present moment and the present moment is neutral experience let's say we're focusing on the breath we can't distinguish between good and bad breaths was that a good breath or a bad breath just a breath of course it's possible that you know if you've got a respiratory issue then every breath is challenging but without that there you are noticing the breath and if you've got a respiratory issue I suggest you focus on something visual external and visual mandala it has the same effect which is one of the reasons why we practice a number of different areas of focus So, why are we unhappy? We're unhappy because of the mind. What is it about the mind? It's this tendency to focus on potential threats. That's what it's designed to do, but it's not designed to dwell on them. In the modern world, threats are abstract and persistent. So, the mind's dwelling is abstract and persistent. And so that essentially gets between us and our happiness. Once we're present we're present in the present moment which is a neutral experience. So what we need to then be able to do is to extract whatever fulfillment we can get from the present moment. If the mind is full of unhelpful thoughts Then, what we need to do is counteract that. So, you know, let's say you're worrying, 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 and you think, oh, hang on a second, here I am, I'm in the present moment, here's the breath, there's a cloud, there's a tree, there's the the colors of the lights on the windows, there's the uh, patterns in the curtains. I'm going to focus on that and so you're focusing on (coughs) that but it's still hanging around in your body the doom and gloom and despondency from the thought processes so what we need to do is to neutralize that and that's where the gratitude practices come in compassion gratitude forgiveness appreciation connection all of those and then because that neutralizes the unsatisfactoriness and we're in the present moment we learn that the present moment is a source of fulfillment and the need for something external to distract us has gone away so it becomes a preferred destination for the direction of the mind and a lot of this happens subconsciously. We're not thinking about it, it's not part of a battle plan, but what happens is we focus on our practices and we're training our mind and then in the day, because we've repeated the practice, gentle repetition, so you're training a kitty to use the litter tray, you just Gently pick her up, put her in the litter tray, pick her up, put her in the litter tray. Just repeat that over and over again. Doing that, that's the training we need to become aware in the day that our mind has wandered. And then bring our attention back to the present moment. And then we're in the present moment. what we need to do is gain the fulfilment from it. And we can do that through the gratitude practices and what that does then once we're in a present moment that's free of the modern world and its emotional baggage then we're able to extract fulfilment from it and all that means is we're actually gaining from the beauty of the experience of the present moment and there's, there isn't anything intense enough to neutralize that sense of connection That is a soft experience of becoming aware of the present moment by becoming aware of the movement of sound through time. sound is always there to notice its movement through time even if the only sound that you can hear if you're in a super quiet environment is your own breath and the breath is always there ...to notice its movement through time. Something happens when we notice the synchronization... ...between the movement of time through sound and the movement of time through the breath. We can notice that they're both moving through time at the same speed. The same thing happens when we notice the rising and falling of the belly and the air entering and leaving the nostrils at the same time. So we open our awareness to allow ourselves to become aware of both of those. Can notice how perfectly synchronized the present moment is by being aware of this passage of sound through time, passage of the movement of the belly through time, the passage of the sensation the air entering and leaving the nostrils, moving through time. And also my voice. Also moving through time. and your thoughts moving through time so if you witness thought or if thought doesn't arise you're waiting for thought to arise that experience is all happening at the same speed as the breath as the same speed of sound as the same speed as my voice. by staying with that movement through time we're experiencing presence or mindfulness as they like to call it. if you wish if it's comfortable for you to do so you can note the rising and falling of the breath in your mind using the inner voice saying in your mind rising as the belly rises falling as the belly falls. Then we're noting the breath. Rising. Falling. Doesn't matter if the mind wanders. Whenever you notice you return to the breath and you're noticing the rising and falling of the breath and you're noting it and you're noticing your mind creating the language in your mind as it repeats rising and what we're doing is following the breath we'll just practice this for the next few minutes Doesn't matter how busy the mind gets, what the direction of the mind is, you're becoming aware of the mind. Noticing the mind. the rising and falling of the breath by noticing the movement of the air as it enters and leaves the nostrils. Ideally if you prefer to notice the movement of the breath in the belly you can carry on with that. a very simple pranayama very often I teach you to extend the out breath by counting the amount of time it takes to breathe in and the amount of time it takes to breathe out this time what we do is we notice the in breath and we just extend the out breath make it longer So the body's breathing in at its own rate, it's choosing. And we're just gently extending the out breath so it's a bit longer than the in breath. to do this really easily is by making the out-breath audible. You can constrict your throat, the nostrils. We even seem to be able to do it down in the by the lungs. And on the out breath allow yourself to become aware of any tension in the body Breathe out. So, if there's, let's say I've got tension in the face, I'm breathing in normally, just allowing the body to breathe in in its own time. As I breathe out, I've got my attention gently, gently directed at the face. tension in the jaw I'll do that for the jaw remembering the benefit of posture finding a nice comfortable posture Minds leading you from one part of the body to the other. To check in, identify that tension and release it by gently focusing on the out breath. gently bring in our attention to the space between the eyes or between the eyebrows as the original teacher of yoga explains it 2,600 years ago Just softly and gently focusing on that space, allowing ourselves to be aware of it. these phenomena in the background, whatever sound there is, the breath rising and falling, an awareness of presence or movement around us, voices, people, traffic, constantly moving city. doing is softly, gently, patiently maintaining our awareness on the space between the eyes. So that's like a soft bubble of awareness. It's not a sharp focus. It's a soft and warm focus. And what we can do is extend it and allow that focus to grow until we become aware of the space around us. So that's the space above us, to either side, below us, behind and in front, all to a distance of about an arm's length away from the body. We're just maintaining this bubble of awareness around us. If you're a visual person you might prefer to visualize it. wander and you might have micro sleeps remember if your head nods it isn't a signal to wake up it's a signal to come back into that place halfway between sleeping and waking which is where you were just before you fell asleep. And the idea is to stay in that place, the half-waking, the half-sleeping place, the, the hypnagogic state. little bit like if you're walking along a beach and there's these tiny little waves washing over your ankles the waves broken further out and all you get is a tiny little bit so one moment you're dry the next moment you're wet and you choose to carry on walking along the edge between the water from the waves and the dryness when they have washed away and that's what we do with the sleep we stay in that place where we're half awake and half asleep don't worry if you drift off again your head will nod and that will help to bring you back spend about five minutes ten minutes there and that's like having a decent power nap invigorating energizing Gently drawing that awareness in from around you. Into your body. So you're becoming aware of your inner body. It's the space inside the body, not any particular part of it. Normally we focus on the chest. The area behind where the belly's rising and falling. Whatever's most comfortable, you can bring your attention to the inside of your head. It's all the same. And that's the first part of the preparation. And the second part is to bring your awareness into your body too. the awareness that's aware of your thoughts and emotions and your breath and sounds and the body that which is aware and we move its location into the body as well the best way to describe it is as though we're settling down into a nice comfortable sofa settling down inside our body and our attention is also on within the body. if we wish, we can repeat in our minds now that we're immersed in our physical body and we're aware of it we can repeat the self-compassion mantra May I be well May I be happy May I find peace of mind May I be well, may I be happy, may I find peace of mind. Very, very gently transitioning to allow your mind to be free. Allow the mind to choose its point of focus or its what it wishes to be aware of. Just gently noticing whatever it is the mind's chosen to notice and becoming aware of the movement of sound through time. gently returning your attention to your surroundings. Okay, so what that was (laughs) was a near sleep experience but as well as that um, because what happens is when the mind becomes calm and the body becomes calm the uh, physiology and the psychology and the direction of the mind move towards the origin of thoughts deep down into sleep and it's, it's very important to uh, to get comfortable with that what we call the hypnagogic state where it's the waking you but th- you know it's almost as if you're in a dream so you know that's also an investigation of the present moment we're noticing the present moment where we're aware of our internal experience, we're aware of the present moment when we're noticing our external experience and and in time with practice we're training our body and mind to be aware that it's always there and then it will find its way there more often than not um, more and more over time and then gratitude practice at the end softening the whole experience